Well, first of all, I'd like to welcome you, Charles, to the player series. It's so nice to have you on, Charles. I've known you since you were a, a wee lad and I've uh, always admired <laughs> the way you play. And uh, the first question I'd really like to ask you, you know, one of the things that fascinated me about your career, you joined the tour in 211, and please forgive me if I'm not 100% correct, and yet you won the Masters that same year. I mean, that was really quite unbelievable. I wasn't surprised because, you know, I, I know how well you hit the ball and how well you play, but uh, that was quite a thing. And, you know, tell us a little bit how you felt, you know, just joining the tour and winning the Masters. Yeah, Gary, I mean, I think, um, you know, there was a lot more build up to that, you know, so, you know, actually physically joining the tour in 2011, that was my first year, but, um, you know, with the South African, the Sunshine Tour and the European Tour grooming us before we get here, um, I think it's played a big part, you know, 2002 was my, December 2002 was my very first European tournament, I was 18 years old. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we paid our school fees going through South Africa and Europe for many years. And I used to come to America. I think my first tournament was in 2007, uh, Muirfield. Um, and I used to come and play the world events and the majors on and off. And then in 2010, I finished second to Ernie and Dural, And I finished third in Houston. And that actually got me enough money and points to have a full card on the on the US tour for 2011 and uh, you know so it wasn't a strange thing for me to be in America but that was just the first time that I actually had my full privileges and um, mm -hmm. you know I 2010 was my first Masters finished 30th um, and uh, it's, a, it's a golf course that the first time I played it I, I felt very comfortable on so you know come 11 I just came off a win in South Africa and I feed it off that confidence. And it, um, it's one thing that I, I tell people, you know, they laugh at the smaller tournaments, but I say that I, I don't care if I win the smallest tournament. It's, it still takes almost the same amount of effort and concentration and determination than it does to do, to make a big tournament. Um, and, you know, I fed a lot of my Joburg open win to win Augusta. That's right. And Charles, you know, what really fascinates me, Charles, is so many people say, well, you know, they poo-poo those tournaments outside of America, but they've suddenly realized how hard it is to win. I don't care what tournament it is, whether it's the Hong Kong Open with all the Asian players and overseas players there, you have to score lights out. It's been like that ever since I was a young boy. You have to really play extremely well. And uh, to win is another story. But what's fascinating uh, coming up now with the Masters this year, with Matsuyama winning, which was so good for golf, they'll probably make him the, the new president uh, or prime minister of Japan. <laughs> and I said to him, listen, if you are, please make sure Charles and I don't need a visa to go there. So he said he'll arrange that. But um, the other thing that I wanted to ask you was, you know, when you won, uh, it was you were four strokes behind, if I remember correctly, and you had people like yes. Tyler and Rory and Jason Day, just to mention a few. Uh, but you were so focused and you were feeling so confident. And then the way you ended the tournament was I was sitting in front of the TV there, jumping, 
sky high the way you were getting those birdies at the end. What a finish. Yeah, you know, uh, something about that week, uh, I was never, I've never felt under a lot of pressure. Um, I felt a sense of calmness for majority of the week and I kept doing my own thing and I stuck to uh, my routine and my, uh, um, you know, I, I kept the same pace and everything felt really just in sync. Um, I was four back and for some reason I, that morning, that Sunday morning, I woke up and I said to my wife, I said, I, I'm going to win. I, I said, and, and I said it with calmness. It wasn't like I said it to, to put pressure on myself. I just, I felt this just sense of almost knowing it might sound arrogant, but that's just how it felt. And I was very happy with how my game progressed because from the week before in Houston, I started on working on some, just to hit like this sort of fade, small fade under pressure, a three quarter fade shot. And, and as the week got on, I did it every day and it got better and better and better. And by Sunday, it felt almost bulletproof. And, um, you know, I obviously hit a good tee shot down the first hole, but then I hit a poor second shot. And, and like Gary will be able to recall that on that side to those <laughs> flags, you can stand there all day. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you can go back this way, this way. That's a better and, shot than your second shot holding it. That's a better chip in than your second shot holding it out from the fairway on the third. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? because the third hole, it feeds to the hole. You know, yeah. you hit it up the middle and the green and it sort of spins towards the hole and they manage to go in. But that, that chip shot on one was just... I, I've refused to go back there and chip it again because I know I'll just mess it up. <laughs> when, you, when you were chipping, uh, when you were chipping there, I said I'd give him twenty shots. He won't get this up and down in two. Well, I was right. You got it up and down in one. <laughs> and one. <laughs> what a TV uh, commentator! Yeah, I know. You know, and then Rory just didn't get off to a good start. He bogeyed the first, and by the time I held my second shot on on three, we were all square. All the lead was gone, and I. I just felt, um, I felt like, you know, you've got as good a chance as anybody out there that's, that's close to the lead. And uh, Tiger obviously got up to an unbelievable start. He was like five under through eight holes. And he was up on the board. And at the back nine, I think the lead changed hands seven times or eight times, the lead on that back nine. And uh, I kept playing really well. I just didn't do anything spectacular from that hole. My only three putt for the week came on the fourth hole. I hit it front left. The pin was back right. It was a hundred foot putt, and I, I three putted um, on Sunday. Other than that, I kept hitting really good shots, giving myself a lot of opportunities. Didn't make any. Um, and then, you know, standing on the fifteenth tee box, I said to uh, Greg Macari, I said, Greg, we were going to win this. This is a key hole. I said, 15, if you do not birdie 15 in this situation, you, you, you're probably not going to do it. And uh, I hit drive a six iron and just I went over the back. And I think that's probably the, you know, out of the four birdies, that six footer I made there was to me the, the most important one. Um, and it was probably the easiast part of them all. It was an inside right up the hill six footer. But at the time, it felt hard because I knew I had to make it. Um, yeah. 
yeah, and then you know, I kept hitting good shots. You know, if the four birdies, you know, at the time, you just you're so in in the zone, and you uh, you're just trying to hit the best shot on every shot. And you know, 16, I hit a great shot. The ball fed fed, fed down to you know about 15 foot below, um, and uh, uh, I'll never forget the the crowd. How loud it is down there when that putt went in on 16, and um, and then 17 to me was finally the shot that I've been practicing for so long, that little three-quarter shot because I hit it just off the on the right side of the fairway, and the trees were slightly overhanging, and I needed to I could get a pitching wedge there, but the trees were in the way, so I needed to hit that three-quarter fade shot with a nine-iron, and I just felt like that's what I was practicing for. And I hit a beautiful shot to eight foot, you know, and it's just, if you think, if I think back in it, how these things happen, you know, you, you can't, uh, you know, you got to practice sort of with, uh, with, I don't know, with faith of something happening, you know, you, you can't, can't say it is going to happen. But at that time, if I look back for how long I practiced that specific shot and that shot on 17 is not as easy as people think it is, you know, coming out that first cut the ball, Normally comes with overspin. And if I hit it over the green, my tournament's gone. You know, I don't think you're up and down from over that green. Not oh. to that back flag. Um, and I hit it to eight foot and made that putt. And, well, eight, um, yeah, I, I mean, 18, I hit the driver as hard as I can. I was nervous. <laughs> that was the right shot to do for you at that stage. I mean, Greg Norman came there. Uh, one year and was driving the ball. He was a marvelous driver of a golf ball, the strongest part of his game. And he gets to the 18th and he takes out an iron, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, leaves himself a long way back. Had he hit his driver, he would have been, and then bogeyed the hole, missing the green to the right. If he'd taken his driver, he would have been right up there with a wedge and maybe even birdied the hole in one. Uh, one of the things that the media and the public never, ever seem to digest. When you fall back, I mean, I won three tournaments in a row starting at Augusta, seven behind all three weeks. Weren't you six back on the back nine? Pardon? Weren't you six back playing the back nine? I shot 30. Yes, shot 30. And then the next week, I was seven behind Ballesteros at the Tournament of Champions and shot uh, uh, 65 in a windy, rainy day. And the next week, I was six behind Andy Bean and shot 64 and won that. But my point is, that it, people must understand, it doesn't matter how many shots you're behind, because when you've got a lead, the hardest thing to do in golf is to maintain that lead. People have no idea, the hole eventually looks the size of a Bayer aspirin. You know, it's not easy to play with that kind of pressure. So um, uh, I think people are beginning to realize that now, as we saw uh, with, you know, we watched the US Open this year and you see how Scores fluctuate all the time. It's always been like that in history. Art Wall, when the Masters six shots behind. Uh, we've seen a lot of very interesting things to go. But I'm sure you'll agree if there's a golf course in heaven, we'd like it to be like Augusta. We're not in a hurry to tee off, but I hope I'm the head pro there to prepare things for you when you arrive there. But now, what I wanted to ask you is, what are you working on? You're not playing in the Open Championship this year, this, this, this year. No, I'm not. You know, I was, I've been injured, injured on and off for two years and uh, world ranking went to 250th and I started playing 
injury free this year and I've, i'm working my way back i'm in the top 100 now and feeling like my game is probably better than it's ever been good um, but you know just with covid and stuff the the qualifying criteria has been a little different so i, I didn't qualify so i'm going to play this week in uh, uh in kentucky and i'll play the following week at the 3m but you know to be honest my, my since it's it's amazing the body if uh, if there's any any small problem it doesn't have to be something big how it affects the way you you swing the club and you your body reacts and now that i don't have any pain um, i've been working uh, with my dad and david ledbetter on getting the swing in the positions that i used to play in and um it's become second nature again and i think it's because i'm a little stronger now than i used to it's better it, it's much more controlled and um you know and, and what i've realized is that now that i'm driving it better and and, and iron plays good my my wedge game has been weak so you ask me what i'm working on is is from 120 yards in to 60 it's been very obvious of driving it good and long and i've got a lot of these and i, and I don't score so that's that's what i've been working on and it's getting a lot better and um you know and putting is always a thing that you'll work on for you know uh, in fact i was actually watching uh last week i was watching something about about you when you were playing you know the, the sad thing for me is i never saw you play in your prime so i gotta go back on all these videos wow. and watch you play and I remember playing with you about a month or two, I don't know, two months ago, we played at Seminole and um, it was very obvious how still you kept when you, when you putted still till today. And then back in your videos, back, you know, what I was on, on YouTube, um, probably in the eighties and the seventies to, to putts to win tournaments, you didn't even look up. Right. Head right. stayed down and the ball went in and then you looked up and you, you almost like the, the crowd almost told you that the putt's in and, and, and it sort of stuck with me um you know just as a golf lover and looking at guys uh people that are do different things how you used to do it in the prime and that's hard people don't realize how difficult it is to stay still like that because you're here <laughs> we're all so curious that's right and you look at tiger watch how his head how still his head was his head was yeah. so, so still, and so was Nick Faldo, you know? It, yeah. So it, it makes a massive difference if, and it's a good exercise for patience, and that's what you need. You, you were talking about a calmness. You've got to believe you're going to make the putt, but you've got to also execute and have the right action. And if you move, you've got no chance. You watch people that got the yips, they're jumping all over the place. They can't keep still. And, yeah. and that's, Terribly, terribly important. But I think the word that patience, and it comes back to the old story. You know, you look at DeChambro, he's hitting the ball these prodigious distances, but when he wins, he putts extremely well. And what wins golf tournaments, there's no question, what wins golf tournaments is the mind. This is something that you can never explain. Certain players have got it. I can't tell you what it is. I know that Weisskopf was a better player than Jack Nicholas. And he won one major and Nicholas won uh, 18. So there's a lot more just than the swing. It's the makeup of the person, it's the mind. And I'm gonna, uh, and it's being a great putter because if you putt well, you go onto the next tee, you feel like Tarzan. 
if you three putt, you feel like Mickey Mouse. I hope that I'm not going to be. You know, no, no. So I think the putting, like you said, but it comes from the mind. So the putting is the place, the last place that it shows up when a guy is in doubt. Yeah. And the videos I was watching of you, and I was watching Jack, and every, I just went through all the older generation guys that I never saw play. You can see it in the guy's eyes. It was the same as Tiger when he was playing now, obviously in his prime, you can see it in the eyes that is the focus and the determination. And I, you know, just from the stuff that I saw of you, that's um, every single time you won or played well, you can see there was almost no other option than succeeding. And mm -hmm. I can relate to that. And for me, I, I feel guilty because I don't do it. And I, I don't get in myself in that situation enough. I don't ramp myself. But when every time I've won and I put myself in a position, it was the mindset of I will succeed. And that, that sort of mindset made me so determined and failure, failure wasn't an option. Exactly. Uh, you know, Charles, I was called a nut when I spoke about weight training all my life. And now you see the guys lifting weights. And I played with uh, this guy called uh, Taysom Hill, who plays for the Saints the other day. I played with him in, in Salt Lake City. Well, he's, he's squatting with uh, 500 pounds. He's lifting these weights. And uh, you should see where he hit the ball to. I mean, it is hard to believe that a man could hit the ball that far with a beautiful uh, flowing swing. So... I was criticized and condemned for lifting weights. And then I said, somebody of 50 will win the Masters or a major championship one day. Uh, Phil Mickelson has done it. I'm now going to say one day there'll be a man of 60 win a major championship. I was criticized when I said they'll be hitting the ball 400 yards. Well, if you get a guy like uh, the, the, the big basketball player, uh, what's his name? Uh, LeBron James, if he comes out and play, he might hit the ball 500 yards. So we're in our infancy yet in this game to come. But if you look at something very significant and, and, and you know, tens of millions of people saw this, but I don't know how many digested. Phil Mickelson comes out and he wins the PGA. He must have lost, I don't know, between 20 and 40 pounds. His face looked young. And then he was really focused. You could see him how focused he was. And then you watched the Wimbledon, which I watched every single shot sure. being in quarantine with Djokovic. Now, here's a man that has done what very, very few athletes have done, which I've been saying for years, exercise and diet. And here's a man now who was exercising. Look at his body, not one pound of fat on his body. And secondly, the man eats differently to any other athlete that I know of, or most other athletes, 99%. And there it is under pressure. He was getting more energy. So eating and keeping your weight down and exercising is also going to be a massive thing in the future. Yeah, no, I know. I, I agree with you. I, um, I, I've been fortunate also just to have exercised you know, since I've started playing the game. And um, I can honestly say 100% for sure, when I do my exercises, I feel better, I move better, more energy, you know, you, 
Yeah. Um, and, and I'm a big believer in, you know, guys, there's a lot of guys out here and I might get scrutinized for this, but um, people believe you got to do specific things for golf. Yes, you do. But I, I'm a believer, just do something. Yeah. Yeah. Anything, you know, if, if you do, you know, because it gets some people despondent because some of the exercises are really hard to do. And, you know, I'm the type of guy like, if I just, even if I get up now and go do five minutes of stuff, if you do anything, it's better than nothing, you know. Mm -hmm. it, it, yeah. it definitely makes you feel better. Yeah, and there's no question, uh, but it's very interesting you with David. David, I think, is a very good teacher now. I love his idea of teaching. He's very, very good. So I think you're on the right line. And now to go out, and, uh, and I'd just like to say, you know, it's, isn't it wonderful to see South Africa, a small country relatively, doing yeah. so extremely well with all our players and to see uh, Garrick come along and win that tournament. Um, amazing, yeah. Amazing and win two tournaments in England. And I, I spent a lot of time with him trying to help him mentally. And he's a very good listener. You know, a lot he of is, young yeah. people today are not very good listeners. They think they know it all. When I was around Hogan and Sneed and people like that, man, I kept my ears open. Although I must say I was very despondent one year I played with Sam Sneed at Greenbrier and I uh, tied with him in the tournament and I played the last 36 holes with him. We went in a sudden death playoff and he beat me on the 43rd hole, uh, excuse me, the seventh hole meant I played 43 holes with him and I was a young boy of 21 and I turned around and I said, Mr. Sneed, is there anything you can do to help me with my swing? <laughs> he turned around and said, I ain't seen you swing yet, son. <laughs> it's a different, a different time <laughs> that we live in. Yeah, I know. So, you know, but it's, yeah. uh, you, you know, it's very, it's great to see these South African guys doing so well. And it'd be, let's hope another one can follow in your footsteps uh, and win another a major for South Africa. I think uh, they're very certain, sure. Yeah. It's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. I certainly, sincerely hope so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for me, I before Garrick won um, the tournament, uh, yeah, in, in Georgia, um, he, uh, I said that he impressed me the most. He's the way his demeanor, the way he plays the game, and exactly what Gary was saying. He, we, I played practice round with him at, at the PGA, and he was one of the few guys that would come up and ask advice. And you know, I was. Uh, uh, with all the swales there, I was doing these chip and run shots and they were all bouncing it into the bank. And I said, yeah, I said, I, I prefer, you know, using like a four iron to run it up. And um, he, he was just very open to advice and listening and then obviously taking that and doing his thing. And I feel that's the, uh, if you're able to do that, that's a recipe for success. And he won a few weeks later. So my, my money will be on Garrick uh, being the next guy to, you know, new guy to win. You know, Louis Louis playing great golf. He, he he seems to thrive in the majors. He really does. He plays well. I felt so sorry for him at the US Open because he he was close. You know, that's the way he was leading. And I spoke to him a few times after that. And uh, yeah, it it hurts. You know, it, uh, you know, John Rahm made two fantastic putts on seventeen and eighteen, and he got pumped. Um, yeah. But Louis, Louis Louis will be Louis will always be a contender. Um, he's doing well, but I think for new guys coming, Garrick, Garrick hits the ball a long way. He's he's sort of up with the modern 
game. He, you know, I hit it. I, I hit it still a good distance. I hit it further than I used to. But Gary comes up and he hits it 25 meters past me. You know, and doesn't even look like he's hitting it. He's a strong boy. He's, yeah, I, I like I like his game. And you know, there's nothing better. And that's why when I was around Hogan or Sneed or any of those those really superstars, and I don't use the word superstar lightly. I think to be classified as a superstar, you've got to win six majors. You talk about superstar, not a star. Yeah, no, no. And, yeah. and I listen, and I listen to I always ask those guys something. And Hogan gave me some great tips which helped me to win all those 18 majors on both tours. So you what you do is when you get advice from somebody with experience. You say years, years of trial and error that you can get immediately. There's no better way than to get success immediately than to use experience. And yet so many people yeah. and young guys. And what fascinates me is so many of these young guys today, they go to coaches that can't play worth a damn. They can't break 80. And, uh, you know, we saw with Tiger Woods, which was one of the most fascinating things of my career and one of the saddest things. Because this man is definitely the most talented man that ever played golf. There's no question about that. He should have won 25 majors, at least. He was winning one and a half a year, or maybe even two. I don't know the exact number. But he wins the U.S. Open by 15 shots, not five, 15. He then goes on. Yeah, and now he changes his swing, and he doesn't win a major for 11 years. And then he suddenly decides, no, I better go back to my own way. You know, it's, yeah. I'm a great believer there are categories of teachers like categories in business. If I'm yeah. going to have a lesson from somebody, I want to go along and play with somebody and have a lesson who could do it under pressure in a championship, particularly a major. And, you know, nobody was better than Tiger Woods. Why had he not changed? He would have won 25 majors at least. And I would love to have seen that because uh, it, it, it boosts golf. And, and he was so great. And to see where he came from, to see what he was doing was most gratifying for me. And I just love to see him play well. My wish would have been for you guys to have played against him, you and Jack and Arnie, because I, it, in the modern game, like I just, I love golf. I love the sport and I love the challenges it gives. And um, in my eyes, I feel I've underachieved a lot. But then I look at you guys that, Took all the most of the opportunities, and and you lost a lot, but but you 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 put yourself in a position to win so many times that you did. Um, but I would have loved to have seen the young Gary player play against Tiger Woods, and you know because Tiger, when he was winning a lot, and you 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 could tell me if I'm wrong or right, but it seemed like a lot of guys Tiger just used to keep the space because the other guys he knew that guys are going to fall away. Correct, correct. And, and you guys, if I look at the back, you know, again, highlights, and uh, it's one of my regrets, never being able to see you guys play uh, in a prime, but very few times you guys won, somebody gave it to you, you went and you got it. You, you yes. I mean, shooting 30 on the, on, at the Masters at Augusta on the back nine on Sunday. We don't see that anymore. Last time we saw was when I think Mickelson beat Ernie uh, in... Um, for the for his first one, you know it, it, it doesn't. I'm, I made the four birdies, but I very seldom see someone in a major. And and I think we used to see it more in your time. Somebody come from behind and and do that five under six under on a back nine. 
you know, this, that's what a superstar does. You know, like today, they, there's, there's great players and maybe technology has brought guys a little closer together. Or maybe, I don't know, you can argue that point. But, but, but it seemed like back then, you just look at their faces, the determination that happened. It can't tell me they were. They didn't feel the pressure that the guy feels today. It's the same pressure, yet he. It's almost like they wanted it more. That's right. That's right. And also, you know, when you think uh, when we played, we played with hundreds of spike marks on the green because of steel spikes. The bunkers didn't have machines to rake each bunker the same in Johannesburg as in New York. And we didn't yeah. have jets to take us. I often went by Greyhound bus. I remember going Greyhound bus from Fort Worth to Houston. So I would love to have had the opportunity of playing against Tiger with the same conditions and not, and not under the conditions we played under because we were not scared of people. We didn't buckle under and, uh, and get scared to play against anybody because we came up in a very hard way of, of having to play. Look at Trevino. Yeah. I mean, there's nobody playing the tour today. Today that can hit the ball from tee to green like Trevino did. I mean, this guy was so good. He never missed fairways and greens. He was absolutely unbelievable at striking the ball from tee to With green. With unforgiving technology. Yes, that's, this is the big issue. It's such a, the ball goes 50 yards further now. I'm 85 now and still shooting par. If I had to go back to my old equipment, I would, I tell you, I, don't know, I wouldn't break 80. <laughs> So, but anyway, that's that's great that the, that the technology has improved. It's great that they're playing for more prize money and they got jets. Yeah. I think it's wonderful. It, it's absolutely terrific to see that. And uh, Charles, it's so nice to talk to you. I enjoyed it very much. You've always been one of my favorites and uh, I hope you play very well uh, uh, and you come back and play full-time all the Thank time. You. Yeah, thanks, Derek. All the best to you too. Don't forget to subscribe to the Player Series on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast.